Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The Inflation Reduction Act. With this law, the American people won. Your extraordinary leadership has made this glorious day possible. That's an applause line. Inflation remains unacceptably high. How you can be so tone deaf. The queen now lying in state. The Lord bless you and keep you. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi has to tell her minions when to applaud as she's speaking at the uh, Inflation Reduction Act party at the White House yesterday. Uh, Even the Democrats don't know that this is, I mean, they realize what a terrible bill this is in terms of it actually reducing inflation. They know it's not going to do, there's articles out today with them admitting the Inflation Reduction Act does nothing to reduce inflation. And so when Nancy talks about it and pats herself on the back along with the other oligarchs, she has to tell them when to applaud because they're sitting there thinking, eh, I probably shouldn't even be here celebrating this. Uh, speaking of irony, is that the right word for this? A diversity chief at the Department of Defense's education wing, a diversity chief, She has now sort of disappeared from her social media accounts. Why? The Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at the Department of Defense Education Activity, her name is Kalisa Wing. She described herself on Twitter as a woke administrator. Wing's Twitter account was put on private, and her LinkedIn account appeared to be deleted. This noted by Fox News Digital. In June of 2020, Wing said, I'm exhausted with these white folks in these professional development sessions. I'm so exhausted at these white folks in these professional development sessions. This lady actually had the caudacity, that's Caucasian audacity, to say that black people can be racist too. I had to stop the session and give this Karen the business. We're not the majority. We don't have power. Caudacity is a slang term, as I just said, uh, used to describe audacity demonstrated by white people. On another occasion, Wing responded to a user who said, I'm exhausted by the 99% of white men in education and 95% of white women. Where can I get a break from this white nonsense for a while? Wing responded, if another uh, Karen tells me about her feelings, I might lose it. Uh, In another post, Wing responded to a user who criticized the Department of Defense Diversity Chief's article demanding all teachers take part in dismantling racial opposition and oppression and claimed that the racism is ingrained in the very fabric of our country. She said simply, bye, Karen, to the uh, user. Wing has also referred to former President Donald Trump as the whole boy version of Karen and the former Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, as the Queen of Karens. When Wing was promoted to the chief in December of 2021, the DOD said Wing has been involved with diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts for schools over many years, authoring several books on the topic. Um, yeah, books uh, such as What is the Black Lives Matter Movement? Racist Justice in America. I mean, this is... 
This is over the top. And yet we continue to allow it to happen as she's, you know, if you're white, you have white privilege. If you're black, you're oppressed. And uh, if you're white, you're a racist. And if you're black, you're a victim, which it, it doesn't help either side. And it is there to stir the pot to increase any racial divide. I mean, this this idea, people like this Kalisa King or Kalisa Wing, I should say, uh, they like Al Sharpton are race baiters. This is what they live for. This is how, and this this is how they're making money, being race baiters. I mean, why would a person like this be in charge at the Department of Defense to oversee diversity, equity, and inclusion? I think. Uh, Donald Trump might have something to say about this when he learns about this. He will be back in eastern North Carolina. We were talking before we went on the air. This has got to be the sixth or seventh time he has come to eastern North Carolina. He was at Menji's Coliseum twice. He was at the Greenville Airport once. He was at the Kinston Airport. That was one of the first stops he made when he was running for the presidency. Um, I don't know if he's been in Wilmington before. He probably has. Uh, he was in Selma. So this has got to be at least the sixth, if not seventh, time that Donald Trump has been to eastern North Carolina. He will be here campaigning for Ted Budd. If you want to go, go to DonaldJTrump.com forward slash events. And you scroll down. I think there's an event there up in Ohio and the one in Wilmington. The uh, doors will open at 2 o'clock. Trump will speak somewhere around 7 o'clock. And so this takes place a week from this Friday, Friday the um, 23rd. Uh, Trump writes, President Donald Trump's commitment to protecting and promoting American jobs grew our economy, created more and better opportunities for all Americans. President Trump carried North Carolina twice, and Amy Kate and I are thrilled he's heading back to our great state to get folks fired up as our campaign accelerates into the final stretch. And in the spirit of bipartisanship, we would also welcome Joe Biden to come campaign early and often <laughs> for Jerry Beasley and personally and publicly thank her for supporting his disastrous economic policies. Yeah, you know, I mean, which th- that's uh, highly sarcastic as uh, Joe was here and Kamala's been here and uh, Beasley has been nowhere near them. I mean, they are toxic. They are bad. She doesn't want to have anything to do with him. By the way, I don't know if you saw last night, uh, the Trump-endorsed Caroline Levitt, a Republican nominee in New Hampshire's 1st Congressional District, would be among the youngest people ever elected to Congress. She won her primary last night. Uh, She will be um, running against Chris Pappas in November. Um, Levitt overcame uh, the uh, other Republican candidate that was uh, running against her that had a number of... uh, high-ranking establishment Republicans campaigning for him. Uh, she prevailed, and uh, she's she's out of the Trump White House. She worked under Kayleigh McEnany, and uh, she helped uh, Kayleigh do her press briefings, prepare for her press b- briefings. Since the election, she's worked for Elise Stefanik. So, I mean, she is she's been surrounded by true blue conservatives, true red conservatives, I should say. And uh, so she's got to be the real deal. So if she was elected, 
She would be one of the youngest candidates elected to the House. Uh, AOC and outgoing Madison Cawthorn were elected in their mid-20s. She just turned 25 last month. And, of course, according to the Constitution, you have to be 25 to serve in Congress. So congratulations to Caroline Levitt, a uh, very attractive young lady and who has uh, been right there with the, uh, the con- most conservatives. Carolina Journal is reporting the North Carolina Supreme Court has scheduled oral arguments in two high-profile election-related cases on back-to-back days next month. The justices will address the state voter identification law on October the 3rd. Then the state's legislative and congressional election maps on October the 4th. I've got a question for you. Why bother with the court dates or the oral arguments? Why bother? I mean, we all know what the verdict will be. You know, the idea that justice is blind, what a joke it is with this North Carolina Supreme Court. Now I'm talking about the Democrats. And again, the, the, the good news is they are showing their hand uh, right before the election. So it'll probably get uh, people fired up in both, well, if, you know, if there's any conservatives left in the Democratic Party, it'll certainly get independents and Republicans fired up to go out and vote for the Republicans in the North Carolina Supreme Court. We, we know what the verdict will be. Don't waste everybody's time. Don't waste their energy. Don't waste their money. Voter ID will be deemed by the four Democrats on the court will be deemed illegal. And the maps created by the North Carolina Republican majority legislature will be called illegal because the four Democrats will not be uh, considered the maps uh, that would enable a fair and free election. And so therefore, they're illegal. They're going to be thrown out. And the maps drawn up by the judiciary, the North Carolina Supreme Court, basically, will be the maps that they will continue to use. Uh, this will go to the Supreme Court and they will be overruled. Uh, hopefully, we will have a Republican majority that it will flip from 4-3 to 5-2 with two victories by Republicans. Uh, we will see, and if that is the case, uh, and the North Carolina and the United States Supreme Court doesn't uh, intervene, I think you'll see the uh, new court uh, begin to follow the law, begin to follow the North Carolina and the uh, United States Constitution. I mean, it is so frustrating to see how the woke progressives, you know, when they, when they talk about change, hope and change. They're talking about ignoring our constitutions, our state constitution, our federal constitution. They're talking about ignoring the fact that we have three co-equal branches of government. You have the executive branch making decisions for the legislative, going around the legislative branch. We have the, we have the legislative branch controlled right now by Democrats in the House and the Senate, ignoring anything that the Supreme Court says. Uh, John Roberts, the chief justice, was out, I think it was in Colorado, he was speaking, and came out and, and made the comments that if we continue down this road where we have the executive branch, I'm pa- paraphrasing what he said, but if, if we can continue to ignore, and when he said ignore, he was talking about the executive branch and the legislative branch, if we continue to ignore the opinions that come out from this conservative Supreme Court and, frankly, from conservative uh, other conservative federal courts, 
If we're going to ignore these things, then basically our government is over. And listen, that is what the woke progressives want. The days, we talked about this yesterday, but the days of people saying, you know, we all want to get to the same place. We just, there's different way of getting there. No, there, there is distinctly two different places that conservatives want to arrive at and progressive liberal Democrats want to arrive at. And if you're, and you know, the, and people say, well, why can't we have some bipartisan issue? Because there's nothing bipartisan to be had. The, the, the liberals want to go in the Marxist direction and the conservatives want to go in the constitutional direction that our founding fathers developed. And they are being vilified, and the Marxists are, are, are proudly – and what's so ironic is how the January 6th committee continues to point to uh, the violence of the conservatives, the violence of the MAGA, when in fact they were all about the violence that took place in the summer of love back in 2020. I mean, they're all about violence when it comes to Black Lives Matter, when it comes to Antifa. They're all about violence. But yet, what do they do? They turn around and point the finger at uh, conservatives and Donald Trump supporters. Uh, Anyway, again, a a long way to get there. But, uh, boy, get out and vote in the upcoming midterm elections and make sure these Republican uh, Supreme Court justices for the North Carolina Supreme Court uh, get your vote. Um, it, it it is so important if we want to if we want to save the republic, I, and that's not an overstatement anymore. I mean, I know people have said that for as long as I can remember that this upcoming election is the most important election we could have. This upcoming election is the most important election to date because if we do not begin to rein in the progressives. Katie, bar the door. Uh, There's a lot to talk about. One of the things I want to get to today, though, is uh, unfortunately on the state level, we've talked a little bit about this on the first part of the week. Um, You've got more shenanigans going on at the State Board of of Elections, and now you've got more shenanigans going on on at the federal level where Joe Biden is calling for his agencies – to make sure that everyone has the right to participate in the election. Now, that's code speak for agencies of Joe Biden, of the federal government, have the right to get in and do whatever they need to do to make sure the election has the outcome that Joe Biden and the progressives want. We'll talk more about that after we get back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It was uh, 208 years ago today, 1814, that Francis Scott Key wrote the words to the Star Spangled Banner. And uh, it was 121 years ago, 1901, President McKinley passed away from a gunshot wound he had gotten eight days earlier when someone shot him during a public appearance in New York, the third president to be assassinated. It is September the 14th day. I don't know who comes up with these uh, special days, commemorative days, but somebody needs to uh, make sure they uh, don't do this again. It is National Sober Day, 
But it is also National Rosa Tequila Day. <laughs> How's that working out for you? Must be somebody on the uh, Biden administration that came up with that. Uh, take a look at your weather forecast. Some clouds this evening will give away to mainly clear skies, a low of 57. Tomorrow, lots of sunshine, a high near 85. Mostly clear skies tomorrow night with a low near 60. Sunshine on Friday with a high near 83. Clear skies Friday night with a low of 58. So some uh, pleasant days coming up over the next several days. Uh, the big news that came out last night, John Solomon is reporting in Just the News on Special Prosecutor John Durham revealing yesterday in court filings that the FBI paid a Russian businessman as a confidential human source in the investigation of Donald Trump in 2016's campaign, even though it had prior concerns that the businessman was tied to Moscow's intelligence services. Durham persuaded the federal judge in the upcoming trial of Igor Denchenko to unseal a motion revealing that Danchenko, the primary source of the now-discredited Steele dossier, was paid by the FBI as a confidential human source for more than three years until the fall of 2020 when he was terminated for lying to agents. Uh, Danchenko is now charged with five counts of lying to the FBI during that relationship and faces trial next month in federal court. Now let me sort of try to get this to the least common denominator. So Danchenko was the nexus to Christopher Steele and his dossier. He, w- he was the expert that Christopher Steele went to to find out about things like Donald Trump going over to the Ritz-Carlton in Russia and hiring prostitutes to urinate on the bed that uh, – Barack and Michelle Obama were in when they were in Moscow. Remember all that that garbage? And Danchenko was was the the key person. Now, when the FBI in 2016, after the dossier that Hillary Clinton's campaign paid for, and again it was that they paid Christopher Steele for the dossier that he made up, and the guy he went to is to be an expert on this information was Danchenko. Well, now people like the uh, hotel at the uh, manager at the Ritz-Carlton, he's come out and said, I've never met Danchenko. I've never met Christopher Steele. I've never seen Donald Trump here. I don't know anything about all this stuff in here. And they actually talked to this guy. They brought him in. He's going to be a witness in the trial, in fact. Um, trying to look for his name. But Danchenko, Basically, uh, it, or you remember Christopher Steele was canned because he decided back in 2016, after the dossier came out and made the news during the campaign, Christopher Steele went and started talking to the media, which was a big no-no. So the FBI canned him, said, you're no longer on the payroll. They immediately turned around and signed up Danchenko, knowing that Danchenko was related to the information given to Christen, Christopher Steele, that he was the expert. But they also noted that uh, Danchenko was over here working for a liberal think tank. Uh, this is when Obama was in the presidency, in the White House. And they knew that Danchenko had approached some of the people that worked for this think tank that they that he thought would have access to classified materials in the Obama administration. And he approached uh, two employees as to whether or not they could get one of the employees to um, basically turn over classified materials to Danchenko that he would in turn give to the 
the the Communist Party in Russia, and uh, they, these people would get paid for it. Well, one of the employees went to the government. They went to the FBI. This all happened. So the FBI knew about this, and yet they still hired Danchenko. To be, why? Because they wanted to – what was more important than the integrity and safety and the national security – and these are the same people now that are telling us that Donald Trump having these documents down at Mar-a-Lago under lock and seal, which they say it wasn't safe down there, and there's some question whether they even classified. But they're saying, oh, this could have, this could have risked national security. And yet they were hiring a guy that was clearly – Clearly trying to trying to undermine the national integrity and security of the United States. So the FBI hires him, and then they turn around and they, they, they raid the home of Donald Trump saying he's a national security threat. This is unbelievable. I mean, the people that need to go to jail are working in the FBI. So they, they turn around and hire him anyway, knowing his background and knowing Christopher Steele's background. And knowing perfectly well that this Russian dossier was was the biggest load of garbage to come down the pike, and yet they continue to push it. And remember, remember they used the Russian dossier, the Christopher Steele dossier. That's what they used to go to the FISA court to get permission to, to spy on people who worked in the Donald Trump campaign. And this was the this was the DOJ, which is AKA the FBI. I mean, at the end, yeah, this is a big deal. Now, will we see this come to some sort of fruition where we actually see people go to jail, or are we going to just see people like Stark just say, "Well, I lost my job. Oh, isn't that bad? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you still get your your pension. What's the big deal?" Uh, Danchenko, bottom line, Danchenko is a liar. He was working for the Russian government. He was willing to sell out the United States, and the FBI knew all this. And they knew all these things about Danchenko, and he was the primary source for the Steele dossier. They knew he was a liar. They knew he was a sellout, and they knew he was the, the, the conduit for the fictitious information in the Russian dossier, and yet they still put him on the payroll for three years. And yet, this information was kept as secret as possible. The FBI did all they could to make sure this information didn't get out in hopes that they might take out Donald Trump or at least undermine the effectiveness of his presidency. In fact, they did everything they could to breathe legitimacy into the false narrative of the dossier. And there are still a number of people in the FBI in fact, there, there are a number of people in the FBI that had nothing to do with the dossier, a.k.a. Christopher Ray, who wasn't there back in 2016, but yet still managed to work on trying to maintain the cover-up. There are a number of people within the FBI that need to be held accountable and, frankly, ought to be imprisoned. I, I just I don't, I don't see how you can possibly go down and raid Donald Trump talking about national security, when you hire a guy like Danchenko, put him on the payroll, knowing what he knew, doing everything you can do to undermine the presidency of Donald Trump, doing everything you can do to prevent him from running and to prevent him from being reelected. It it is mind-boggling. 
Fox News is reporting House Democrats on Wednesday rejected a Republican attempt, that would be today, earlier today, to investigate the establishment of the controversial Disinformation Governance Board. This was going to be a board at the Department of Homeland Security. The board was created to fight online disinformation. Now, remember, the person that they were going to put in charge of this board, what was the gal's name? Remember she got up and did that little Mary, stupid Mary Poppins thing? Um, trying to remember what her name was, but she was, um, she was the one that, that basically put forth all kinds of disinformation on Donald Trump. And she was going to be the, the, the head honcho, uh, Nina Jackowitz was her name. Um, she was the one that they hired and, uh, and, and, and she was supposed to be in charge of disinformation when all she was doing was putting out disinformation on Donald Trump. So anyway, uh, uh, Republicans came up and proposed a resolution. Andy Biggs was the one that uh, drafted the uh, this uh, proposal requiring the DHS to send to the House all records and documents that describe how the DHS and the White House may have communicated with each other about the creation of this board. I mean, this is this, again, this is something that communist China or Russia would do. That we're going to be in charge. Basically, what they wanted to do, and they got so much pushback, they had to back down. But don't you worry. If this midterm election goes like they hope it goes, if if uh, they cheat and they win and uh, they prevail and they continue to hold the House and the Senate, uh, don't you worry. This disinformation board, it will come back. The next time it comes back, and you know what they're thinking right now? They're not thinking, oh, we shouldn't have done the board. They're thinking, oh, we should have been more secretive about doing the board. Our, our, our mistake was letting it public information out. We should have just sprung this upon the, uh, upon the House and the Senate in the 11th hour, introduce it, you know, late at night when half the people have gone home, and we'll vote on it and put it into action, make it a part of the Department of Homeland Security. It will come back if they're in charge. Another reason to vote these turncoats out of office uh anyway andy biggs came up with this and uh the democrats said no irony of ironies during the committee debate chairman benny thompson who was heading up the kangaroo court of the january 6th committee he argued that resolution was completely unnecessary i I think if you look up irony you might see a picture of uh, benny thompson thompson also indicated he was sympathetic to the broader goal that the Department of Homeland Security was trying to achieve with the board. What was that broader goal, Benny? The broader goal, well, if you're true to your January 6th committee, we've seen how you have done everything you can do to crush witnesses that would come in in support of Donald Trump and how you have, it has been a literally a kangaroo court. So you're the chairman of this kangaroo court. So I think it's pretty obvious your broader goal would be just to run the board, run the federal government like you have run the January 6th committee. And that is whatever narrative you want, that will be embraced. Whatever narrative goes against the progressive agenda, that will be stamped out. That will be eliminated. Unbelievable. We'll get to take another time out and we get to it. Uh, well, I'm going to continue this theme because this is uh, rolling over into these upcoming midterm elections. We'll talk about that when we get back.
with your 5 o'clock drive. Well, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Reading a little bit more about this whole Danchenko uh, deal and uh, the Durham report, it, it, it looks like that uh, Danchenko, while he is certainly in trouble and very well might be convicted, it looks as if that the FBI is going to be in trouble as well. And it looks like Durham very well might be going after some of the leaders, past leaders, current leaders of the FBI. We'll just have to see where that uh, where that comes out. But and the reason the reason why I say that is because some of these articles that I'm reading, it indicates that Danchenko, while he was guilty of selling out the United States, trying to find people that would get uh, information from the Obama, classified information from the Obama administration and sell it over to Russia. While he is guilty of that, and he's guilty to lying the FBI about that and some other things, he disavowed the information in the Russian dossier early on. And yet the FBI, knowing that he disavowed that information, they act, they never brought that up. They they buried that. They that was not public knowledge. But Durham has found out that indeed he said, oh, "No, I disavow the information in the in the Russian dossier." So as a result, the FBI not only lied to the FISA court when they used the Russian dossier to spy on Donald Trump's uh, uh, staff and and, and uh, campaign staff, but. The FBI also lied to Congress. So uh, basically, it, it, it sounds to me like there's a good possibility John Durham is going to go after the FBI on those issues. We'll see. Uh, Breitbart is reporting that the Department of Justice is refusing to release documents explaining the Biden administration's strategy to implement a voter access policy that is being coordinated with left-wing groups just weeks before the 2022 election. This is exactly what happened two years ago. Exactly what happened. In March of 2021, Biden signed Executive Order 14019, promoting access to voting. Biden used an executive order on access to voting on Sunday that instructs federal government agencies to promote voter registration, help Americans apply to vote by mail, and combat misinformation. Uh, Again, this disinformation board, I mean, that might have disappeared, but the disinformation uh, propaganda machine is, is still in full swing. The executive order on promoting access to voting reads like a Democrat Party wish list of reforms that enshrines many of the practices that were adopted on a temporary basis during the pandemic-affected 2020 election. That's why this the pandemic, uh, you know, election is so dangerous because well we it didn't there wasn't any you know we we did it then and, and so therefore it's it's been done once and there was no problems why do you think they are continuing to tell us that there were no problems in the last election they continue to say that because they want to go back and use the same modus operandi in the next election and then the election after that except that every every time they get away with it it's going to the the fist is going to tighten around the voters neck some of the things they're going to use, using federal agencies to promote voter registration, using federal agencies to inform Americans about voting, linking federal agency websites to state voter registration websites, 
providing voter registration and vote-by-mail applications, using approved nonpartisan third-party organizations to register voters at federal agencies. Um, Yeah, like uh, Facebook money, those kind of third-party things where you have the big donors come in and, oh, oh, we just happen to spend that money in districts and encourage people to, to vote in districts that are primarily blue, Democrat districts. Is that what you mean? Using identification documents issued by the agency to help people register to vote. Providing more multilingual services to potential voters. Yeah, and how many how many non-citizens will be caught up in that? Give, giving uh, public employees time off to vote in federal, state, and local, tribal, and territorial elections. Uh, and how many of those government workers are going to vote Republican? I'm, I'm sorry. I know that there's some good conservatives that work for the for the governments, for the state government, local government, federal government. But especially in the federal government, if you go look how they vote, the vast majority of federal government workers vote Democrat. Promoting voter registration for federal prisoners. Hmm. Look, some of these things you might say, well, Tom, that doesn't sound that bad. Do you trust the Biden administration to do anything that is on the up and up when it comes to election? I mean, this is a facade. This is a way to say we now have, you know, I I mean, he's not going to come out and say, oh, you know, my executive order calls for you to go out and cheat as much as possible. No, he's going to come out and have this kind of gobbledygook come out and people say, what does that mean? Well, I don't know, but it means you can do whatever you darn well please as long as you have the right outcome at the end of the day. And it gets worse. But we got to take one more break, right? Uh, just one more. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this. Then. The Federalist has an interesting article out today. Social media. I mean, we're talking about Facebook. We're talking about Twitter. We're talking about TikTok, which is run by communist China. We're talking about YouTube. We're talking about Snapchat. And guess what? Everything that they did in 2020, they're going to do again. I mean, all the crap we heard from the head of Twitter and and uh, the head of Facebook. I mean, we just had Facebook. He was just on uh, uh, Joe Rogan just a week ago talking about how they got this inf- misinformation from the government. But yet, Meta, a.k.a. Facebook, they're coming out and saying, yeah, we're going to have the same misinformation censor board that we had last time i mean it's it's basically it it, it is and they're not even trying to hide it this time like i mean i'm just saying if you say something that we disagree with you're going to be censored there's no neutral party deciding what's and, and again the disinformation board which by the way the department of homeland security disinformation board was going to work hand in hand with social media well, they probably came up and said, well, we don't need a board. It looks bad on our resume. It looks like we are we are cheating, which they are. So we'll just go ahead and we'll just under uh, stealth information, we'll just send out the information to all these social media liberal progressive companies and tell them, hey, you know what you did two years ago? Just go, just go ahead and do it again. We're not going to go ahead and have the disinformation board because, you know, it looks like we're – you know, third world country it looks like it's something the communist China would do, and we don't want to have that on our heads. So we're just going to give you the thumbs up just to go out and do what you did two years ago. And they're doing it. And and I'm sorry to say that all the talk that has taken place over the last two years, how we cannot let this happen, it's happening. And now all the talk about, well, you know, conservatives, uh, 
you know, you thought you had a real leg up. You thought there was going to be this red tsunami wave of Republican victories. Eh, I don't think so quick. It might not happen. Well, it's not going to happen if they cheat again. I can tell you that. And from everything I can see, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be the, the, the look. I'm the I'm the bugle on the wall blowing the horn. And I'm sorry if I'm, I'm spreading information that you didn't want to hear. But this is what is happening. And, and this is the executive order that he signed just this last Sunday. Executive order 14019. Go Google it and you can read it for yourself. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So on Monday, we talked about the fact that Kamala Harris, in an interview with Chuck Todd over the weekend, basically said that the Mexican border was uh, secure. Take my word for it. She said it. I think that <laughs> there is no question that we have to do what the president and I asked Congress to do. Is the first request we made, pass a bill to create a pathway to citizenship. The border is secure, but we also have a broken immigration system, in particular over the last four years before we came in, and it needs to be fixed. We're going to have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. But there are still a lot of problems that we are trying to fix, given the deterioration that happened over the last four years. We also have to put in place a, 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 a law and a plan for a pathway for citizenship, for the millions of people who are here and are prepared to do what is legally required to gain citizenship. We don't have that in place because people are playing politics in a state like this and in Congress. On, By the way, you want to talk about bipartisanship on an issue that at one time was a bipartisan issue, both in terms of Republican senators uh, and enough. even we, we heard enough of this, <laughs> of constipation woman. This is what Joe Manchin said yesterday to the comments by Kamala Harris. It's wrong. She's dead wrong on that. And I have said this. If we don't secure it, I voted every time for the wall. But we need the wall and a lot more. Technology, more agents. The 2013 immigration bill was still the best piece of legislation, I think, that we've ever had before us. We couldn't get it passed uh, through the Republican House at that time because of some politics involved there. And they, the amnesty people were you know, shouting the world amnesty. That piece of legislation would have corrected everything we have going wrong. But for anybody... The vice president, president, anybody say that our borders are secured? That is not accurate. I've been there. It's wrong. And he is right. I mean, just this week, Border Patrol agents caught 10 sex offenders trying to cross illegally. Um, they've encountered 20, um, about 2,700 uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, gang members, four of them are gang members. One murderer is caught. Uh, every time a illegal walks across, at minimum, it costs the American taxpayer $10,000. Now, it's nice to hear Joe Manchin call out Kamala Harris, okay? But listen, I'm sorry, Joe. You have done so much damage. Your time is done. Uh, I know you've got two years left in the Senate. I hope hope for your sake you're retiring. 
because I don't think you're going to get reelected. I mean, calling out Kamala is great. Calling out constipation woman. uh, But listen, that is not going to make up for the damage you did by voting to approve this joke of the Inflation Reduction Act bill. And Joe Manchin, believe it or not, he showed up at the White House yesterday and was celebrating with the rest of them. I mean, your damaged goods, it's not going to happen. You've been trying to sell yourself as a conservative while you vote with the progressives. The people of West Virginia are a whole lot wiser than you think they are. And again, I hope you plan to retire because you're done, bud. Jill Biden thinks it's un-American to oppose pornography in schools apparently schools nationwide we've talked about this often it's happening right here in pitt county we've got schools on the library shelves that uh, are literally pornographic here's what jill biden had to say about should we have books on the shelf like this is there a balance between you know this book should be in the library this book all is under books review. should be in the library all books this is america we don't ban books really Okay, should we have a book on the uh, movie of My Son Hunter to be allowed? How about a book on clan and cross burnings? How about a book on Satanism and human sacrifice? Of course we ban books. What kind of stupid statement is that? <sighs> this is the uh, wife of our uh, genius president. Hey, thanks for being with us today. I'm, I hope it wasn't too much of a downer. I, I got a lot of information I had to get out to you. Pay attention, get out there and vote, and uh, encourage others to vote conservatively. We'll see you tomorrow. Play a little political trivia. Bye-bye. All right, all right, all right.